0: Hello and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Kalani. And I'm Char. And this is episode 64. We're discussing chapters 23 to 29. Where do we start? We start with mud, as all the best things do. We just could see the kids being kids here, even though they're going on an incredibly important mission, and I just love that for them. Yeah, that just makes me happy when they get to joke around and... Be kids. I was listening to some of the older episodes, and it was from the one where they were when they were like in Italy, and they were just being so much of just kids, and that was nice. I think they deserved to have an actual childhood, and not like the traumatic mess that they actually got. <laughs> I also thought it like a little odd, I guess, that Orly didn't go to Lomnor with them because, like, why wouldn't she? And of course, me being me, this. Has led to me writing an entire fanfic about it, but the, the gist of it is that, like, so there's something in Nightfall about her meeting with the dwarven traders to get information from them, and I figured that she probably had to go to Lomnor then. And if the and so now my current headcanon is that last time she was on the King's Path, she had a, a panic attack, and now she doesn't want to go because she swore that she'll j- jeopardize the mission because it's really important. Yeah, I mean, I would not want to go on the King's Path. Yeah, a little she did go, but also very valid of her. The king's path is just kind of one long panic attack. We're we're sort of starting to have more fun with Stina now, which is cool. And sort of starting to, we're starting to see the nicer side of Steena. And also, there's a part where Bronte tells Sophie, "If you were my daughter, I'd be very proud." And just what what happened to Grumpy Guy from Book One and Two? Where did he go? <laughs> my emotions. Where did he go? I don't. I. I mean, I. I like New Bronte. I just. I. I love New Bronte. I love Bronte. He. I used to hate him in like the earlier books, and now I'm like. I still can't get over how he like inflicted on a child for no reason at all in book two. But at the same time, I just love his character development. Like he goes from being grumpy counselor who's always against Sophie to "If you were my daughter, I'd be very proud." And just. One of my favorite tropes ever is redemption arcs, and and that that scene in Nightfall where Amy comes and he like he lets her touch his ears that was that was just sweet. I love him. Oh yes. And then he rides on and he rides on Alicorn. Yeah, with them. dad energy. Dad energy. <laughs> I would not trust Bronte around children, but he does give off dad energy in that scene. I mean, he's not. He he isn't a dad. I, we don't think there could be some sort of weird secret about him being someone else's dad. But he isn't soapys <laughs> Conspiracy theories: The Black Squad created twelve moonlarks, and each one has a counselor as a biological parent. That would be the plot twist of the century. And a Never Seen member as the other parrot, and in Book 13.86 of the series, Sluffy must team up with her 11 fellow Moonlarks to defeat both the Council's Stupid Laws and the Never Anarchy. Book 13.86, which is of course actually the like the 50-somethingth book. And his title is Moonlarks. Plural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the subject we had many conversations ago about the King's Path. Again, I actually wrote fanfic about it for every character who we didn't get to see. So I have a lot of theories for for Wiley, I think it would probably be losing Tiergan because like he lost both of his parents at a really young age and Tiergan's like what he has left. For Dex for Dex, probably something about like Maybe it's like when he got kidnapped, like being alone again, only this time no, no one's coming to rescue him because he always felt feels like left out and useless. For Biana, I think something with like both Vespera and Alvar, like Vespera because of what happened in Nightfall, and Alvar because like Alvar and Biana are actually really similar if you think about it. Like they were both kind of in Fitz's shadow, they're both va- vanishers, they're both backers, it's like interesting that maybe Bianca could have been the one to go down Alvar's path if the circumstances were a little different. Um for Grady maybe losing Evelyn and Sophie or because he he's already lost Jolie. Wow, you really put a lot of thought into causing characters pain. Yep, I did. And then for Bronte, a lot of stuff from his tra- traumatic backstory, which he probably has because he's Bronte. There are sure quite a few ways to make these characters suffer. Again, she had I'm coming for your job, wah ha 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 Her job of making characters suffer, <laughs> which she is doing quite well. And then, let's see, they test the Magsidian in the throne room. I like that this play of foreshadows what happens at the end of the book with the like, light explosion. Yeah, about the King's Path, though, this is kind of more of where we see... Stina. Oh yeah, that part. I almost forgot about it. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty cool. She was just portrayed in this very negative light. It's another of those things, like I said, I really like redemption arcs, and it's another of those things where she was just sort of in this negative light, and for a reason, she was a jerk. Um, In earlier books, now we're sort of starting to see that she's not just a jerk all the time, she's an interesting character but yeah and then we do go to the mag city and thing with Wiley. also Wiley getting to do stuff i love that i mean it wasn't great stuff that he did making stuff explode but hey he got to do things Sophie makes stuff explode. Like she says, she sets fire to the storehouse. Keith probably has with his pranks. Dex, of course, has with alchemy. It's like every keeper character deserves a chance to make something explode. It is a rite of passage. Yes, like to be to become one of the squad, you must m- make something explode. <laughs> so yeah, that that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't great. Yeah, but it was cool to read about. Yeah. it was it was cool. Sophie agrees to let Mr. Forkle reset her abilities. Yeah, so they head back to Havenfield and pretty much the entire gang shows up to talk about it and Sophie agrees to let Mr. Forkle reset. oh yeah, that's the other thing. Sophie is inflicting what's going haywire on the King's path and then that made her realize, okay, I need to fix this so she gets, she gets Mr For... so she agrees to have her abilities reset. Yeah, and Mr. Forkle was also pretty pissed about being left out of the, um, but to be fair, he probably should have told them that they had gone the day before. Also, the part about Elwin, one, his two, Elwin, one, I love him, two, his tooth is covered in pink fl- fluffy dinosaurs, which again, I love. I want to own every article of clothing that Elwin has. Yeah! Oh, so I to make, like, an Etsy where they just sell they just sell, El- like, sell Elwyn-inspired clothing. Like, yeah, the Happy Shadow thought's tunic is cool and all that it exists, but I want Elwyn clothes. Yeah. Make it happen, Shannon. Uh, maybe I'll cosplay as Elwyn for, for this Halloween, or maybe for the first day of school in a couple months. Uh, yes. Make an impression. I mean, like, I've got his hair, so... That is iconic. I also kind of have Elwyn's hair, though. Also, so there's a part where Ellen like scoffs at being referred to as backup, which made me think: one, does he have some greater Black Swan connection, and two, is he Sophie's biological dad? Yeah, I I still I do think that the Ellen biological dad thing would be really interesting. Cause like if he was just some random foxfire dude, he probably would would understand. Like yeah, okay, we've we'll been researching this for months. She gets to take the lead, but if he if he's his biological father, maybe he wanted to be in on the ability reset from the start so he'd know it's safe for his kid. Like I've said before, I think Elwin as Sophie's bio dad would be interesting, but it would also make me sad because she'd probably get mad at him. I don't want Sophie to be mad at Elwin. But like it just it seems more and more likely like they're both kind of, like they're both like they both have messy hair they're that they both like animals um so they're both determined and hardworking and like they share a lot of personality traits and also if Ellen was in on it from the beginning it explains why like he's always so flexible and patient and willing to do pretty much anything to treat Sophie including sleeping at the healing center for two weeks yeah like. If he was just some random dude, he is, like, the nicest dude on the planet. So it just makes me think- I mean, he is the nicest dude on the planet. But aside from that. Okay, true. But aside from that. But, like, he's- It just- It makes the evidence that he's Sophie's biological father even more likely. We also get to see a bit of the Council on the Black Swan, like, finally, after eight books of back and forth, they can hating each other and trying to exile each other and all that. They actually finally start cooperating, so, yay, good for them, I guess. I I always just kind of want to sit both of them down and be like, Okay, okay, no more crimes until until we learn how to cooperate, okay? <laughs> Honestly, everyone in the series could, could use that talk. You can have your crimes back when you learn how to play nicely. <laughs> There's the part where the... Council actually stays for Sophie's ability reset. Did not see what that one coming, and Orly's like, "We want to make sure you're okay." And just biological mom vibes again. Also, yeah, the fact that I feel like it is just such a sum up of the series that Sophie is like given the choice. It's like you could you could do this thing that isn't safe at all, or you could do this other thing that is even less safe and has like no guarantee of working. And she goes for the last safe. <laughs> and she always goes for the even. I feel like she's ha- had basically that exact set of decisions like every book, and she always chooses the one that is more likely to kill her. Can I make you think of like, why did Mr. Forkle get Livy's help for the ability reset in book two? Like, instead, of, like, he could have been like, okay, Livy, we're going to make this as safe as possible for Sophie. And so he's like, nope, I'm doing this on my own, let's make her drink an ounce of poison. Fun times. Also, how detailed Shannon describes this makes me really concerned. I'm like, Shannon, are you okay? Did something happen to you? I'm like, why do you know exactly what almost dying feels like? Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's like every adventure novel. So maybe she just reads a lot. But she's so cool. She's so cool. Also, just again, Livy shows up in the scene. Public service announcement. I love her. Yes, I love she they. Livy. Livy is just gender. <laughs> that is all I have to say. Livy is gender. I headcanon Livy as being girl flux and using she they pronouns. Livy and Kala c- c- can be she they solidarity. We're gonna are we gonna have this exact same conversation? <laughs> everyone everyone gets to be she they or he they as a treat Livy and, and elwin are she they and he, they solidarity and also and also sapphic and Airways solidarity the entire vibe i go for at all hours is somewhere between Livy and elwin <laughs> like i think that is peak like peak gender presentation would be some mix of both of them you you have your jeweled eye mask, have your fluffy dinosaur tunic. Yeah, I want both of those things. The Olivia and Ad- 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 Elwin online store coming soon to an Etsy near you. I would like that. I would definitely like that. One, Kala's songs, like, somehow have like a bravery vibe to them, and that is just so cool, Kala. Like, I mean, even though she's like, dead in this scene the tree so like lives on with her songs and that's just interesting and then also Fitz tells Sophie to take white Keith encourages her to take green like Sophie Sophie did not take the white pill she did not do the response. she did not do I mean I don't know if responsible is the right word but like the the make her less likely to die option <laughs> you know what she, she's living her best life. Hopefully she will get to keep living it until she's an, at least an adult. I mean, that would be one way to end all the ship wars, just kill off Sophie. Yeah, no more no more arguing about Sophie and Keep versus Sophie and Fitz. The only canon ship is Sophie and Death. I hear I thought it was everyone in therapy, also known as ever-therapy, but no. That is, my, that is also my favorite ship. I think it should be canon. Let people go to therapy. Maybe th- I saw a post that said maybe that's why Keith went to the Forbidden Cities to just go get a lot of therapy. <laughs> it's what he deserves. I mean, he's not self aware enough to do that. But but let's be real. Let's Keith in the Forbidden Cities. He's 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 probably trying to find a to shoplift ten packages of E. L. Fudges or something. He probably is. You know what? The entire fandom is like, so, oh no, Keith is in the Forbidden Cities, he'll get lost, he won't have anyone to fall back on, it's going to be so hard on Sophie and Dex and all of his friends. And in reality, he's probably, he's, he, he's prob- he's probably trying every single variety of human cookies he can find. Yes. Keith in the Forbidden Cities, what crimes will he commit? let <laughs> <laughs> we go into the d- description of the next book. Yeah, that, that'll that just be the title. Crimes. Keeper of the of Velocities, book 9.81. Crime. <laughs> be gay, do crime. Be Keith, do crime. Same difference. When when Sophie wakes up, Keith and Roe are there. Oh yeah, Roe puts all one of Sophie's really frilly gowns, which is just, again, I don't know, a mood, a vibe, like... Uh, anyways, Robotstone wants to tell so Sophie's really filling gowns, which I would love to see a picture of. I know! Come on, I, I, w- I should draw this at some point. I have so many things that are just kind of either cursed or amazing or both that I need to draw. It is both. Well, I think that Sophie almost dies a total of three times in this section, which is like seven chapters. So there's. Like there's the Limbium reset, there's the King's Path, and then there's the ex- exploding chandelier thing. Sophie, please, please don't die multiple times in one episode of this podcast. Maybe we should just write Sam maybe we should just write Shannon and be like, hey, please let Sophie almost die only once for an episode, otherwise we'll have too much information to go off of. Let Sophie live. <laughs> let her be confidently and securely alive for at least a little while at a time. I mean, so technically she was during the Healing Center of chapters in Book 7. She was just recovering from almost dying. Towards the end of Chapter 29, um, Stina and Biana show up to update Sophie. They've met with Lady Cadence, and again, she is not Sophie's biological mom. I almost wish that we could have seen Bronte and Lady Cadence react to being accused of Sophie's biological parents. I feel like that would have been fun, but... Alas. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while since people have actually seen Lady Cadence. Uh, petition for Lady Cadence and her crazy houseboat just to show up in Book 9 and save the day. Yes! Lady Cadence, the only holder of brain cells in this book series. Eh. I think Elwin and Livy also have some, but other than that- They do have brain cells. There are a lot of brain cells. There are twelve brain cells in, in the Lost Cities, and Lady Cadence, Livy, and Ellie each get four. Yep. As a treat. I, I wonder if we re- if we like graft number of times Sophie almost dies in the series versus number of times you say as 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 a treat throughout Keeper Cast, which one would be higher. That's a hard one. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I feel like it's not an episode yet. We've done the gay, so now we have to also do as a treat. It's basically a rite. I've said rite of passage twice in this episode. Anyways, it's basically a rite of passage. I mean, say it w- one more time, and it'll equal the number of times Sophie almost died this section. Sophie almost dying is also a rite of passage. The only thing that happened in this section was Sophie almost dying a bunch of times. Yeah, and like that's par for, that's pretty much par for the course. Like that we barely even have to say it anymore. It's like, so this happened, that happened, you know, Sophie almost died, blah 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 blah. That's also basically whenever she almost dies, is basically the only time she ever sleeps though, so. So she is a, at least getting s- some rest to these chapters, which is good. Why don't the official artists draw circles under Sophie's eyes because she clearly has them? She they they bring this up many times in canon. The Sophie just has like dark circles under her eyes at all hours. Find us at Keepercast on Tumblr and the Keepercast on Instagram. You can find me at Clony underscore Clue on Instagram and Sewer 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 Couch on Tumblr. Um you can find me at the Dark Chocolate Lord on Archive of Our Own. I don't have Tumblr or Instagram. Uh this has been Keepercast. See you next week. Thank you.